If it's Thursday, it's Dr. P on the pod. If it's Thursday, it's Dr. P on the pod. And my calendar says that it is indeed Thursday. Here we are, another Thursday. Thank you all so much for joining in on the podcast. Guess what? Today is the first day of summer. <laughs> hot. Hot. Mm. Hot, hot fun in the summer. That's a song. Hot fun in the summertime. Do, 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 do. I love that song. I'm telling you, you know, back in the 70s, man, it was all right. Hot fun in the summertime. Happy summer to you. We are, I hope you have some fantastic plans. Hope you had a great Father's Day. Uh, and I just love summer. I love, I love heat. You know, I grew up in Charleston, South Carolina, and my God, I grew up in the heat. And uh, my Aunt Hattie and her husband, Uncle William, they lived in Greeleyville, South Carolina, and they were farmers. They had a tobacco farm. And I still can remember all of my cousins and aunties, they used to be out there in the tobacco field, all day long under that heat and some cousins were in the cotton fields you know and I'm talking about this is you know when I was a kid I'm not talking about slavery time I'm just talking about back in the day when I can remember running through the tobacco tobacco fields but thank God all I was doing was running through I wasn't doing no work Every now and then, uh, I would go into the, the tobacco barn, the tobacco barn, <laughs> and call myself stringing tobacco. I bet there's someone listening today that know what I'm talking about, stringing tobacco. And it used to be so hot in that tobacco barn. Mm, I couldn't wait to get out. I tell you, I thank God for... My, 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 my relatives, my aunties and cousins and all of the family, the universal black family that did that work uh, out there in the fields and in the hot bonds and baling cotton and all of that, soybeans and picking whatever they were picking. Uh, I just thank God for them, and I thank God for those who are doing it right now. Uh, those who are in somebody's field uh, picking pineapples or strawberries or whatever they're picking, I thank God for them because they are bringing the fruits uh, of their labor. They're bringing it to my table, and I don't have to go into nobody's field. Thank you so much, and I'm here to tell you, God Hey, God bless you mightily because it's hot. <laughs> Summertime. It is hot. And guess where I'm going? I am leaving today. A matter of fact, I'm on my way to Birmingham. Ha! <laughs> the seat of the heat. Birmingham, Alabama. Heading down there to the general the General uh, Conference of the Christian Methodist Episcopal Church, going down there to be with my CME family in Birmingham, 
and we'll be down there for a few days, probably a whole week. I'm going to stop and see the Bomb and Gilead's Diabetes Program and all of the great work that we are um, doing down there. Our new state manager, Regina Knox, is doing a fantastic job, so we want to send out a Hey, Regina, good job to our state manager down there and to all of our churches who are really gearing up for the Diabetes Initiative, the Southeast Diabetes Faith Initiative in Alabama. I'm looking forward to having a great time in Birmingham. Well, guess what? We're going to be in Alabama. That's why I'm back and forth out of Alabama. November the 20th. The November the 13th, the 13th through the 16th, uh, uh, we are going to Alabama again at Point Clear for our fifth annual, fifth, it's been five years, fifth annual Healthy Churches Conference. I have a big announcement to make today. If you have not seen it uh, via our email or on the website, our, I'm happy to announce that our keynote, our opening keynote speaker, uh, Dr. Valerie Montgomery Rice, who is the president and dean of Morehouse School of Medicine, will be giving our State of the Union, our 2008 State of the Union on Black Health, at our conference this year. We are excited that Dr. Valerie Montgomery Rice, the president and dean of Morehouse School of Medicine, will bring our opening keynote. You don't want to miss this conference this year. I got some surprises for you. Mm, I can't tell you everything. I got to keep got to keep it something to myself. You know, but you really really need to get registered now. You need to go book your hotel. Remember last year, remember we sold out and some of you were left out. I don't want to leave nobody behind this year. So please get your registration going. Book your hotel room. We're going to be down on the fabulous Grand Marriott uh, Resort. It's one of Marriott's signatures hotel. So you don't want to miss it. We're going to have a fabulous conference. We're going to have a great time on the water. It's going to be fabulous. So get it all together because you don't want to miss out. And um, we are excited about our guests who will be coming on a little bit later, Dr. Goldie Bird. Oh, my goodness. Dr. Bird, she is a champion for Alzheimer's in the African-American community. She is the prof she's a professor of biology. Uh, at North Carolina A&T State University, uh, and she is doing some incredible work on uh, genetics, genetics and Alzheimer's, and we'll be talking about why the black people, why we get more Alzheimer's than the white folks. Very important information. Uh, get your notes. Get an ink pen, get some paper. You're going to want to take notes because Dr. Goldie Bird, she is taking us to school today. So get your stuff. And uh, get ready because we'll be coming back at you real soon. You know it. It's Thursday. And it's got to be Dr. P on the pod. I am excited today to have my good friend, my good girlfriend, Dr. Goldie Bird. Goldie Bird. Ha <laughs> ha. 
She is professor of biology and the interim director of the Center for Outreach in Alzheimer's, Aging, and Community Health at North Carolina A&T State University. Now, that's a lot going on, but what you really need to know is she is doing fantastic work down there at North Carolina A&T State University on Alzheimer's. Uh, she conducts research in the genetics of Alzheimer's disease in African Americans. And, you know, we talk about Alzheimer's all the time, you know, on the podcast. And as you know, African Americans are leading, leading the chart with so much Alzheimer's. So we are so happy to have have our good sister, Dr. Goldie Bird, who is Professor of Biology down there at North Carolina A&T State University. Hello, my sister. Hello, hello, hello. I, I am so, so glad, wonderful. so glad to have you on the podcast today. Well, thank you. It is my great pleasure to be here. Anytime you call, you know I'll be there. <laughs> You be careful. You be careful saying that on the air now. <laughs> I understand that's a dangerous thing to say to you. It's, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. We're so glad you said yes this time, as you always do. You know, I want to jump right in because, you know, both of us don't have much time. But, you know, I want to lift up your uh, recent article in the Washington Post. Uh, where you were talking about why African Americans are more likely to develop Alzheimer's than white folks. And this is a question, as you know, because you've done extensive research uh, in this area that we get all the time. Why? Why do the black people get more Alzheimer's than anybody else? We know there's no cure. Um, and, you know, we know that we need to be and uh, more get more involved in clinical trials. But I'm just going to let you just share all that you need to share with us uh, today because we want to know why us. Why us this time? Absolutely. Uh, and we, we are very concerned about that. And thank you for that question because we get that question all the time as well. We, we're just finishing our coach caregiver college last week and that was one of the top questions almost every day why why are african americans getting this disease more well as as we know and we, we really don't have definitive answers for that it, it, it it's being studied on it's being studied all the time what we do know though is that there are certain things that predispose us to alzheimer's disease and while we are looking at the genetics of it and trying to understand why African Americans have it over twice more than whites, as a matter of fact, um, we also know that, that what predisposes us to a disease like Alzheimer's is vascular disease and, and conditions like it. In other words, African Americans suffer disproportionately from vascular or blood vessel disease. When we think about um, high blood pressure, hypertension, stroke, cardiovascular disease, and high cholesterol and diseases like that, we, we have a disproportionate amount of that. And we know that Alzheimer's disease is a vascular disease in and of itself. The brain is loaded with blood vessels. And so we take one such as diabetes, and we have we know that that's a, a, a disease related to the way we metabolize glucose or sugar. And so if there's an imbalance in, our, in the way we metabolize um, sugar in the rest of the body, then there is one, an imbalance in the brain. So there is a, a strong relationship between diabetes and Alzheimer's disease. As a matter of fact, some people 
called Alzheimer's disease, diabetes type 3 because of that very strong relationship. We also know that we, we suffer quite a bit from obesity and inactivity. And so we, we, we make sure that we share with, with communities and with populations across the country that we need to do a better job of, what, of, of looking at what we eat um, and looking at our, our daily diet and looking at our physical activity. Now, we also know that um, those social determinants of health in general impact disease, and this one is no different. In other words, when we talk about social determinants of health, we're talking about where people play and pray and what they eat, their environment in general. For those things, even things like stress, you know, extraordinary stress. Nowadays, it seems that people are under so much stress from different things just in our society. Um, and, and then, you know, the socioeconomic status, you know, again, where, where we live, how we live, the stress and the burden of caregiving, even that kind of stress, uh, you know, it, after a while, it begins to add up and it accumulates and it impacts our well-being, our physical well-being, as well as our psychological, social and emotional well-being. So while we don't have a definitive answer in terms of why African-Americans have this disease more, what we can say is that we have a disproportionate burden of those risk factors that increase our chance of getting Alzheimer's. So we really need to begin to look at our risk factors, not in our, uh, our elderly years, but really early on. You know, early on, we need to, you know, it's like uh, when I talk to my my young folks about um, finances, you know, uh, they, they don't they don't understand in their 20s and 30s when they're starting out that they need to be looking at what's going to happen to them when they're 60, 70 and 80 years old. So when, when do, what would you when do you think mm, I don't know if that's the right question, but how do we begin to talk about you know, Alzheimer's in the context of young people, you know, looking, looking at this chronic disease, not from, okay, mom is old, daddy is old, uncle, is mo- uncle and auntie is old, but looking at it as, you know, from in, throughout the stages of our lives. Absolutely. So what we know for sure from the scientific world is that a person who has recently been diagnosed with Alzheimer's, it's a, say late onset Alzheimer's, which is where we find most of the cases of Alzheimer's. So that person has in their blood what we call biomarkers or substances that can be detected you know, a couple of decades earlier. So if a person is, is 65 years old, well, 35, 40 years old, those, there are some, some specific biomarkers that can be detected with a person at a much younger age. So what we need to do as early as possible is to begin to engage in healthier lifestyles earlier. We need to keep our brains sufficiently challenged. We need education. Education is a risk factor for Alzheimer's disease, a powerful one. Um, We need a good income, good living. Um, You know, nobody has to be a billionaire but we certainly need a good living so that we can get the insurances we need, we can get the access to care that we need, we can get a good diet. And then we need to make sure early that we are moving the body, getting some exercise in. Nobody has to be a bodybuilder, but we certainly need to do things that that exert enough uh, energy 
to get our heart moving and our, our blood pumping and, and making sure that our, our mind is healthy. So there are two forms of Alzheimer's. There's the early onset, which I think the youngest person on record is, is 27. I think that's what I found the last time I looked. And then there's the late onset, and the late onset is where we find most of the cases, again, uh, 60, 70, 80% of the case, of the time. And it is this one that is the late onset where we're seeing uh, this, this really increase in the numbers of people who have it. The rates are about the same, but the number of increase, the number of people who actually have it is, is increasing. So what we, what we have to do is to protect our bodies and our brains and our hearts early. And, and, and our emotions, our psychological well-being, uh, these things add up and they accumulate. And that happens, we need to begin those messages early. Here at North Carolina A&T, we created, our students actually created an Aggies Against Alzheimer's program. And these are students, because we, we looked at student, the number of students, uh, the percentage of students who were pre-diabetic, and they didn't even know it. And, and most people who are pre-diabetic don't even know it, but certainly these students don't. And they, 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 they consume foods that are not good. They don't exercise like they used to when they were in high school. And so what happens is early on, they get in metabolic trouble that can lead to problems with their health later on, and they have no clue. So our Agus Against Alzheimer's, we're Agus at A&T, and so our Agus Against Alzheimer's is going to work with other groups on campus to raise awareness about good health and the importance of being uh, maintaining um, a healthy lifestyle to prevent diseases and conditions such as obesity, diabetes, Alzheimer's disease later in life. Wow. Wow. That's very, very, very important information for us. Uh, and I am so glad you are with us today, Dr. Bird. Thank you so much. I have one last question for you. I want you to talk about coach because uh, uh, I and I cannot you have to tell the folks what coach means C O A A C H. But I know I always enjoy listening to you talk about, you know, the research that you all are doing down there at A and T. Great. Thank you. And we always love to talk about COACH. So COACH stands for the Center for Outreach and Alzheimer's Aging and Community Health at North Carolina A&T State University. And this center is a research center, but it's also an outreach center. So our genetics research is being done in African Americans to try to understand why African Americans have Alzheimer's twice more from a genetic vantage point. So when we began doing this work, we began to think about uh, the community and, and this particular community, African-Americans, not only because we have it twice more, but, but also because we're the least represented in terms of clinical trials and studies and research studies. So we created at North Carolina A&T a center that sits right in the heart of the African-American community. And we're open to any race, any ethnicity, any group. Um, but we specifically target this population because of the extraordinary burden, not only on the disease, but also on the care for the disease. And so our, our outreach component of that is to reach as many people as we can to share with them the importance of talking about this disease, becoming more aware, reducing some of the stigma around it, bringing families together in a care capacity, and preparing to manage care, 
um, for a family who has received a diagnosis. So we're reaching out into so many different areas to empower communities and individuals around this disease and to prepare for a, a, a lifetime uh, for the person who's been diagnosed with this disease. And so that is one of the reasons we so love you and appreciate you because you always give us platform to do that. Um, but I can tell you there's still a lot of stigma around this disease and a lot of um, illiteracy that we believe we can help and collectively we can make a difference in that. And so Coach is is extraordinarily excited about the genetics research and as a matter of fact we're looking for families that have at least two people in those families uh, with Alzheimer's. We, we really would love for them to come and to join our study. Wow. Let's, let's, let's make that invitation again that you're looking for uh, uh, families with two or more people uh, in the family with Alzheimer's. Absolutely. We're looking for African-American families who have at least, and they don't have to be the same generation. It could be mother, father um, kind of thing. It, it, but it, we need two people from a family with Alzheimer's, and people do not have to come to us. We will come to, to you to engage in this study. Uh, and families get a, a, a small token of appreciation, a gift card for participating. We come to you one time, and, um, and, and we're making a lot of progress with the genetics of Alzheimer's. And so when I first began this work, there were hardly any blacks in studies. As a matter of fact, no one believed that we could could do this work. But now a number of teams have joined us, and, and we're making some progress with that. What's the number for someone who's listening right now and say, oh, I need to call them because I want to get involved in this research project at A North Carolina A&T. What's the number they should reach out to you? Okay. The number is... 336-285-2165. Again, that's 336-285-2165. They can also find us on our um, uh, website, which is www.coachhealth.org. Again, that's www.coachhealth.org. That's C-O-A-A-C-H, then H-E-A-L-P-H dot org, coachhealth.org. Okay. Well, that's great. That is great. I'm going to continue to uh, lift this up as we go throughout our uh, podcast today and beyond. My sister, is always good to chat with you. Thank you for all the great work that you are doing. I know that we'll see you in Alabama later on in the year and help the fifth annual, Lord have mercy, the fifth yes, annual sir. Healthy Churches 2020 uh, National Conference down there in Point Clare, Alabama. But you take care, keep cool, and uh, we just know that we have nothing but love for you, our Dr. Goldie Bird. Thank you, and it's coming straight back at you. Thank, thank, you, so thank you now. We'll holler at you later. Okay, bye-bye now. This episode has been brought to you by Healthy Churches 2020 National Conference. Join us in Point Clear, Alabama, November the 13th through the 16th. Register today at www.healthychurches2020conference.org. I hope you have enjoyed uh, our podcast today. Um, 
I hope you took notes. Dr. Bird has was just, just filled us up with so much information. Uh, I hope you got that number uh, to call. Um, it's very important if you have uh, two, two or more people in your family with Alzheimer's, give Dr. Bird and her staff a call. It's, it's very important that we get involved in this research. Very important. That number again is 336-285-2165. That's 336-285-2165. If you have two or more persons in your family with Alzheimer's, give them coach, the coach program, uh, a call down there at A&T, um, North Carolina A&T University. Very important. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You remember June is Brain Health Awareness Month, and it is June, and it is hot. And uh, I want to solicit your traveling mercies prayers because I'm headed down to Birmingham, Alabama. And there's no place hotter on earth than Birmingham, Alabama. I'm excited to be with my CME, the Christian Methodist Episcopal Church, my CME family uh, over these next coming days and just love the CME Church and we're looking forward to being there with them on their general convention. Thank you so much. Guess what? There's a bomb in Gilead and it's hot. If it's Thursday, it's Dr. P on the pod. Love you. Stay cool.